Hey, what's going on, everybody in the podcast world life? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the B-A-B-M-E podcast. It stands for being a better me every day. And we are doing this amazing I Am series, and you're in it again. So thanks for tuning in. And I have a special, special guest with me. Um, This woman that I know, she teaches over seven locations. And she has tapped into helping and healing other people through what people would commonly mistake as just a workout. (laughs) But after helping herself come through some dark times with it, uh, she has had a passion to help others. And she has been doing this with yoga. And that is why this I Am series is going to be, I am a yoga instructor with Amanda Lemming. How is it going, Amanda? It's going wonderful. How are you doing? I am happy. I am good. I am a little uncomfortable because of this position I'm in right now (laughs) that these podcasters do not know. I am trying to attempt this... This the seated meditation, that legged seat. Oh, see, I'm even doing it You're, wrong. Uh, no, oh, that that's half lotus. You're this? making it harder. Oh, I'm making my, it harder on myself. Okay. You go. Yeah, I'll try. <laughs> well, you you'll be in class next to me <laughs> next week. Next week. <laughs> well, everyone, again, um, thanks for tuning in, uh, Amanda. Um, before we even really start, I want people to kind of know more about you, more about some of the things that, uh, you know, just make you unique. So tell us, um, so the audience has a good grasp on who they're listening to. Who is Amanda Lemming? <laughs> who is Amanda Lemming? Well, in this lifetime, she is a 22-year-old college dropout who, <laughs> um, against society's, you know, constructed day and age, what they want from young people. Um, I'd say every step along the way since childhood, I was the the unique thinker, the out-of-the-box, untraditional kind of different that growing up was challenging in the way that we all feel different sometimes, but then feeling like an outsider and feeling like you should be doing more, being something bigger with your life. Mm-hmm. And I uh, recognize that at a very young age. Um, it matured me and wisened me up beyond my years. And um, who I am, I, I'm a person who loves to see the good in all things, loves to see the point of it all in, in the smallest, smallest instances. Um, I try not to take life too seriously because it'll yeah. drive me insane. <laughs> um, but I am just, me as a person in this lifetime, I don't know who I'm going to be, but where I came from is a desire to want to be there for others and to create an easier life together because it doesn't have to be so hard. Definitely. <laughs> so, Amanda, when did yoga come into that play? Because, I mean, just understanding some of those things that you said, uh, yeah, when did yoga come into play in this? Yoga came into the picture, I was almost 17, and middle school, high school age is rough for everybody, and we can all relate, I'm sure, in some way, Um, but I had a lot of depression and social anxieties that prohibited me from engaging with the world in the way that I saw internally I was capable of, Um, and yoga became the salvation of practice where I bought myself a mat, 
I bought myself a poster of a kind of yoga that you do every day and it doesn't change so I could teach it to myself and learn it myself since 16, no job, no money, no yoga. So um, yeah, for the first two years, that's where I started, just a self-taught practice in order to explore me and get to know me more because who I saw on the inside was not the person I was on the outside. And that, I didn't like it. So that, I mean, that makes sense when there's, and I'm glad that you kind of didn't, I want to say, give up. So that's super good that you did find something kind of to, you know, just embrace and hold. So let's take it all the way from the back. Everybody who's listening, I want to kind of define to you, like, what is yoga? And I want Amanda to kind of help with it. Um, I know the only, and I don't know too much about yoga, everyone. Like, I'm limber, but I'm not that limber. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This position I'm still in, though, I am... um, definitely trying i feel something in my back should i be feeling something in my back amanda you can feel something in your back and if so I, no, I, you should sit i on can a, you you can i don't That's want to sensation. Should, it's called sensation yes i don't know if this is a good sensation <laughs> all right ah, i think i stepped on my thumb but <laughs> how's that feel this is yoga is dangerous everyone <laughs> no but um uh with all jokes aside um one thing that i do know about yoga is that um Usually, like, just the basics. I recognize that it was created as a Hindu spiritual practice. And then there's a lot of twisting and bending. And it's also a good workout as to some people. But, like, what is yoga to you? What's the definition of yoga? What is it? Well, the tradition of yoga is comes from the language Sanskrit, which is a dead language now. But yoga was translated from the word yug. And yug means union, union of mind, body, and spirit. So that, in essence, in a nutshell, in the 10,000-year-old texts that yoga practitioners read from and listen to, that's their definition of yoga. Um, To me, yoga is just creating a better, more more defined, more in-depth relationship with self. Yoga is an internal self-practice where where even though you go to studios and you listen to teachers it's all about how you're connecting with your thoughts how you're feeling sensation in your body how you get to know the home that you have for this lifetime because we spend so much time out there in the world so yoga while there's lots of bending lots of twisting lots of stretching (laughs) yoga is meant to bring you to the edge of your mind because we have the comfort zone in the mind and then we have a different comfort zone that the body is capable of and our mind is so powerful that we can convince ourselves that sensation is unnecessary okay so these all day long the hustle and bustle the sitting down for eight hours at work they're all variations of yoga poses that we're doing every day yeah but it's how we're engaging with our body and engaging with our thoughts that needs some more refined practice. And that's why you go to your mat for an hour and put all the external noise aside and get to know yourself. Interesting. So it's more of a, in your own words, a self-reflection like type of period. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of certain misconceptions and we'll get to some of those questions a little bit later that some people did have. I was able to bring forth three. And um, however, What I want to know is what made you, I want to say, 
continue with yoga. So you said it was starting to help. However, what, what I remember asking you, like, when did you and yoga meet? But what was that thing where it's like, oh, I actually want to like do this instead of, let's say, just doing it on the side and then doing another job. What made you actually want to do this as a profession? Um, well, that was completely in the universe's hands. Um, I was in college to be a biomedical engineer. So I thought I had had this big plan laid out for me from when I decided who I thought I was, but who I thought I was was dependent on that external version of me that was trying to keep up with the, with the world. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until about two or three years into practice um, that I realized I could be whatever I wanted. And I decided to take a semester off uh, to try yoga teacher training just to, at the time I was so socially anxious, I couldn't even public speak. I couldn't speak in front of people that weren't my family. And I was like, no way in the world. So this I, was two to three I, years after you started after doing After I started yoga. practicing. Okay. Yes. Um, and because I was self-taught, I came from such a different, different dialect, I so to speak, in the yoga community. So entering into teacher training, I was eye-opening. Okay. Um, getting to share 15 hours a week in intimate space with 30 people um, that yeah, yeah, you yeah. really get to know and you really struggle and you really suffer through because 200 hours in, in three months, it's a lot. And um, actually, I didn't have the money at the time, so I had to take off that semester from college. And then I ended up getting a scholarship for yoga teacher training, which was blew my mind blew my mind that out of like 1500 applications there were eight selections and i from an essay that i had written about what the yoga practice had done for me mentally and done for me in my life just somebody out there read that and then gifted me the ability to take teacher training and so that's how i knew it was something that i had to take seriously and really get my knowledge and see where it took me from there and three days out of graduation i had my first I was asked to sub my first class, and from that first class, I didn't go back to school. I didn't, wow. I saw no other future for myself other than to teach yoga and to share what I know. So, since you know kind of, so how, so how many years have you been doing yoga now? Coming up on six. Six. So, within six years, I'm guessing, you know, would you consider that new to the yoga game, or would you kind of consider that like you're, you're still a little seasoned, you're seasoned now? Um, well, I tell my students consistently that if you're not arriving to a beginner in every class, then you're doing it wrong. You're, mm. You don't know your body today. You don't know your body tomorrow. You can't come into the practice assuming that you know anything about how anything works because things change so frequently. Um, so every day you're rediscovering new things that are tight, new things that are tense, new things inside the physical aspect and then every day you're watching your thoughts and you're realizing what what is circular what is habitual what are your patterns and what you can do to change that yeah so physically speaking about six years into the practice there are practitioners doing this 20 30 40 50 years um and there are teachers who have been practicing for two years it just physicality of it, the, the skill level of it is not a reflection of your beginner's mind. It's so would you kind of consider someone who's seasoned in yoga, let's say someone who's 
more acquaint with themselves? Someone who has a very in-depth grasp, grasp of self, definitely. Um, lots of yoga teachers kind of lose, lose that sense of self when they're trying to teach for places that want a specific style, that want to be represented in a specific way. And then these teachers are boxed in and contained to the rules of, you know, society and, and corporations and how yoga should be done, quote unquote. Um, but yeah, someone who doesn't, who stands up for their beliefs in their classes and, and practices what they preach and is out there in the world actively living yoga. Because yeah. yoga's not uh, inside the four corners of your mat. Yoga's out there in the world. And the physical practice just gives you an hour to reflect on the 23 other hours that you have lived today. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. And one major, but there's actually two major things that really made me think um, on what you just said. The first thing was when you talked about, first of all, how the last thing you said, yoga allows you to focus more on the 24 hours of your day. So you're saying that doing, let's say, an hour of yoga really helps clear your mind without, let's say, I don't know, doing any other substances, smoking or anything yes. like that. It kind of just helps you do a clear mental like type of mental check-in. Mental check-in. That's yeah. cool. Now, you talked about mis misconceptions of yoga, of it just being a workout. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people, you know, at least I know, usually do it for a workout to be a little bit more limber. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that it's probably not best to just only do it as a workout? Um, if... The workout gets you to class. The workout gets you to class. That's a beautiful way to start your practice. Um, a lot of people do it that way. A lot of people, they see that as they're getting older, they're losing their range of motion and it's not great to move through life, not like you used to. So they pick up a yoga practice. Mm -hmm. or some people want to be toned or strong or whatever it is that they want for their bodies. That's, that still gets you into the classroom. That still gets you into the space of a teacher's influence and your subconscious will pick up on whatever that teacher is giving you in class and whether you accept it or not consciously that's changing the little tiny jigsaw pieces that we have put in backwards so just just for a billion pieces and we're just putting ourselves back together and even if you're not coming for the message you're not coming because it's helping you spiritually with with your interaction with life you're still picking up on, on the straws left behind. So. Okay, okay. So the workout portion, it is a beginner. Um, yes, however, I would say that's a, that's a entry-level beginner's mindset. Okay, cool. So that leads me into the section called that I created was pros and cons of okay. yoga. So there's pros and cons to everything in life. There's mm -hmm. pros and cons to everything that we love in life as well. There's pros and cons to parents. There's <laughs> pros and cons to phones. There's pros and cons to money. And because it's something that you love, I kind of wanted to know in your own word, what are the pros and cons to yoga? So we'll start off with the pros. What are some of your pros that you would consider? And I'm pretty sure you have a list. <laughs> I have for, a but very long list, but let's, I'll keep it short. Yeah, let's say if you had to keep it to, let's say five. What are some of your five pros? Um feeling more ownership of your body like I said from the very first breath you take to the very last one this is your home and it's not the external world that you're living in it's in here and getting to know yourself helps you 
just in everyday life, know what your aches and pains are and know what needs your attention, know what might be wrong. Um, well, I think something's wrong with my back because it is something. It, it is something. something. You'll, you'll feel that, you'll know that, and you'll know what to do about it through the yoga practice. Interesting. Interesting. Yo, I'm still trying <laughs> to work with this position. I am in it, though. <laughs> you are in I it am to being win it. a better in me it it. every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, breathing. Breathing is the main centered focus of, of the practice. When you go into a room, you're going to be taught how to breathe first. Um, and we all do it. Every living creature breathes. So we're all taking something from the external world, digesting it, creating something with it, and making life. So it connects us and unifies us in, on, in a subconscious way when you're in a room with 30 other struggling, suffering beings, and you can just feel the breath in the air and the community that it gives you. Um, sense of belonging. Um, some of my greatest, longest, most beautiful relationships have come from the yoga practice. And before I had a yoga practice, I didn't know my relationship with self, so therefore the relationships I was attracting out there in the world were attracted to someone who wasn't me. Hmm. So it was a lot of discord, a lot of miscommunications, a lot of struggling and suffering to find worthwhile people when really I just wasn't being myself. So yoga helped bring that to the surface in me just to create a, an atmosphere where I can thrive. Um, so many other things, <laughs> but just connects you spiritually to whatever it is that you're spiritual about. You can find a, just a sense of grace in not only physical movement, but the grace in the way that you can change your thought patterns and you can change what irritates you and you can change what makes life upsetting and that it doesn't have to be so emotional right now. Yeah. 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 I love it. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the cons that you would say? The cons I would say have less to do with the practice itself and more to do with the external um, input on the practice. Um, we have westernized it like we always do, and it's become an institution of, mm. of yoga, of people paying exorbitant amounts of money for either a teacher training education or just to attend studios is, is pretty pricey nowadays just to walk in any neighborhood studio and just want to practice and just want to get to know yourself. It's a, it costs a bit of money. How which, much? I'm, I'm... On average, if you wanted a monthly unlimited membership so you can go to as many classes you wanted every month, yeah. it'd be around 100 to $150 every month. Interesting. Mm -hmm. hmm. <laughs> and plus, plus the mats can get expensive and especially when nowadays they they want the the best quality and the and the mm -hmm. they want to flashy sale you all these yoga clothes and Lululemon and it's just it's just been industrialized and, and monopolized and Interesting. like we like we all are as human beings are good at doing just so making the, something cost more so the con is more of not buying into the industrialization of yoga yes. and how it's easy for someone to buy into it yes. maybe yes that's interesting um another oh go ahead no 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 i have Continue. another con yeah um time we all keep ourselves so busy and so compact to a schedule that in the discipline that it takes and the want and the desire to practice that it takes to overwhelm the desire to keep your schedule and to keep 
everything you know comfortable and, and easy and timely. Yoga, on the good and the bad days, you need it. And it's something that should be prioritized. And not having the time to work that into our days because we're managing families, we're owning businesses, we're, we're working, we're doing so many other things to keep ourselves afloat in the material world that we've lost the time for ourselves. Hmm. And that's a struggle that a lot of people have in order. So where would I start with time? Where would I even do yoga if I can't? You know what I mean? So, so I actually talked about this um, and I wrote a post about this. Uh, I want to say yesterday. And what that was, it was just about time management and care. Hmm. One of my pet peeves, I mean, an absolute pet peeve is... For someone who can't make time for someone, let's say just for 30 minutes, for 10 minutes mm-hmm. to maybe even one minute. Uh, I know I've been kind of going through suffering like with some of my close friends uh, and I kind of had to tell them like, hey, I understand everyone's busy, but if you then go through life not being able to properly time manage there might be a death that happens there might be something that goes wrong with that other person or something that goes wrong with life where it's just where you're going to end up regretting and saying oh i wish i made time and just that saying in and of itself means you can make time Mm -hmm. Time it's just the fact do you want to and how much energy do you want to put into it so honestly, I would just say that's a con for a lot of things. I'd say that's a con for just time management in general and people understanding. And from what you've been telling me about yoga, it just seems like people need to understand it's for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's to care for you. And it's to kind of put you in a place where you can look at everything else with more of a how do I say a better vision or a better view? Mm-hmm. It opens things up a little bit instead of narrowing things down. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of yeah. make sense? We've gotten so far from the self-care train that we don't take care of ourselves anymore. And we don't know where to even start with that. And self-care, the priority of a yoga practice, just even if you sit there for 10 minutes and close your eyes and meditate and breathe, that's the original intent of yoga was to sit and breathe and just watch your thoughts get to know yourself a little bit more and the external world is so distracting all the shiny things and the things you could buy if you put all your time and effort into success you're not going to find value you're going to be missing that element that the natural human condition wants value wants self-worth it's craving a fulfillment from the inside that we're just emptying our cups into raffle tickets on the outside. What can we win with sacrificing myself? Interesting. So now this is the section where I really want to get into questions from others. Okay. So questions that some people had. One is from a um, girl named Brittany. Uh, her at, if y'all want to follow her, is at lovebrittany, L-O-V-E-B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y underscore X-O. She asked this question, which type of yoga do you suggest for beginners? For beginners. 
I would say, with a contingency, Ashtanga. Ashtanga is a method that I started with. It is a... Now, how do you spell that? A-S-H-T-A-N-G-A. All right, Ashtanga. so... Ashtanga. All right, so everyone write that down. Everyone I... write that down. <laughs> <laughs> That's in Sanskrit. Uh, the eight-limbed Ashtanga is eight, or Ashta, eight, the eight-limbed practice. So it comes with more into the deeper spiritual side, and then it has the physical path where there are four series, and each series is a specific designed set of postures meant to primary series, which you would be getting, you would start at. Um, takes you through standing postures, takes you through seated postures, takes you through balancing, takes you through backbends, takes you through closing restorative postures, and is the perfect well-rounded strength, balance, flexibility, and because it's the same movements every time you come to practice, six days a week is how I started. After about two weeks of that, you have the, the motions down and then you can just breathe and meditate. And it becomes leaving your thoughts aside. Your body knows where to go, trust it, listen to it. And you can adjust and modify every single day. Um, what postures you need, what postures you don't, what's not working for you. And it's a just a beautiful array of physicality, spirituality, everything together in one package. Um, it can be intense for a for someone who physically feels intimidated by the that structure. So I would say any nearest studio you would find a gentle healthy backs class, um, a yoga basics or a hatha class sometimes they're called. And those give you more of an understanding of more grounded movements. Okay. Um, more awareness of where you are in space, just getting to know your muscle groups. Mm -hmm. There's none of the, the lingo thrown at you. Um, but yeah, that'd be a, my opinion, a beautiful place hmm. to start. Ashtanga. Ashtanga. I, I think I just like saying the name Ashtanga. Yeah, Ashtanga. 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 Now is just going to be in my head. <laughs> Ashtanga yogis are, and you can pick them out of a crowd anywhere. They're just, they're just physically, they're built just a little bit different. And, Interesting. And, and, you can tell by the way they, they think, their thought patterns are just more, when you've been practicing Ashtanga yoga, yeah. you just, you can tell. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that was the perfect answer to that question. Thank you. Next, we have um, Jewel um, at J Bells, B-E-L-L-Z-Z -Z underscore. She asked this. So, I do yoga at home because I have more access to it and it's less intimidating than going to a class. Is it important to be in a yoga studio or can yoga be just as beneficial doing it at home in your own space? Well, I'm a self-taught practitioner as well. And I learned the most about my body in those two years, the most about what makes, what works for me. And it made the transition going into a studio, yes, intimidating, um, but it made it easier for me to kind of step out of the narrative of the teacher for a moment who's teaching to 30 people trying to please 30 people's bodies and because you have that home practice you have the understanding of what works and you understand that you don't have to listen to that teacher for everything that they want you to do and it gives you more confidence when you do step into a studio setting which I think is important eventually might not be where you stay but I feel that the community the Sangha in Sanskrit as we call it when you're struggling holding 
a boat pose for a minute with 30 other people sweating and just you feel like you can't do it anymore <laughs> and the teacher says go ahead and grab that person's hand and you just grab that person's hand and you can you can sit up a little bit taller you can feel stronger more empowered within yourself because you're in a room with people who are also trying that same like funneled mindset to be empowered so home practice beautiful keep doing it you'll you'll learn more about yourself individually as a set of muscle and bone than a teacher without private lessons can teach yeah. you but if you want to come to class at lifetime send me a message i will definitely get you into a class <laughs> and, and make you feel welcome <laughs> I, well i think she would like to hear Absolutely. that that would be super cool um then we have another question is by someone who's bad me anonymous but this question was can you practice another type of belief slash religion and still do yoga? That's one of my favorite questions. <laughs> oh man. Um, yoga is about breathing. And there's not a Christian breath, there's not a Hindu breath, there's not a Buddhist breath, there's not a way to for Catholics to breathe that is different than the rest of us. It's has absolutely nothing to do with how your beliefs have been cultured in you. It, it's a connection to what makes you feel divinely inspired and practice in the name of that divine inspiration. Um, I find a lot of people, especially my mother who's a strong Christian and a lot of students who are strong Christians, they find a lot of connection with God in their bodies. And the, the reminder that your body was divinely made, that you are an experience of life itself that was created from whatever you believe in. And you should cherish that and you should get to know that and you should for no other reason no religious aspect in mind just come to find a sense of self that you were given and celebrate that beautiful i love that i love that that's that's an amazing answer to that question um amanda that we've we talked about several different things we talked about kind of where you started your background more in yoga. We were able to kind of discuss, you know, what yoga is to you, what yoga is kind of like in general, uh, some pros, cons to it. We were even able to discuss some questions dealing with others. Um, there was one question personally for me. How many uh, yogas are there? Like there's, I know a lot. And, and I think, and you answer one question, which is super cool, like just which one to start off with. But um, how many are there? Like, I know there's Bikram yoga, which isn't, don't they, like, keep the room to 500,000 degrees? Uh, 104 while... degrees and 40% humidity. Do you, Have you ever done that? I've done that one time. And have you, like, sweated your heart out and organs? I was sweating before, like, when I walked into the building. Like, the building itself was just hot. <laughs> and um, you walk in and just, you haven't started yet. And if you get to class five minutes early, you're soaked before you've even started practicing. Oh, the, the benefit of that is um, you get... I think Does the, the theory, cholesterol come through the sweat drops? Dude, I, I, I think <laughs> the, the theory is detoxification and purification, I believe. Hmm. Um, but my personal body style, I have um, hypermobility disorder. So all of my joints, they don't know when to stop moving. So everything just kind of if i don't have a wall of strength my flexibility especially in a hot room i've i've torn so many things had so many injuries broken back 
knee, oh, wow. my knees reconstructed, not from all yoga-related instances, but just injuries because of my body's built the way it is. And in those high temperatures, what you're doing is without actually invigorating your muscles, you're warming them up to soften them, and then you stretch, and then you rip, and then you tear, and then you break. So it's just, wow. uh, you have to be really mindful before going into those sorts of intense classes because you have to know your body. You yeah, have yeah, to know yeah. your limits and respect those boundaries of your physical space. That makes complete sense. What And what you just said, so you've been able to do yoga for this amount of time with that certain disability where your limbs are just, and what is it called just for the people to know? It's a hypermobile disorder. Hypermobile disorder. And this is when your joints just keep. There's too much relaxing in, in, in the what makes up your joint tissues, which are different than muscle tissues. They're meant to be a little more limber and to give you flexion, extension, and create movement that is not strength-based. So your joints, arthritic joints, start to deteriorate and start to create pain and inflammation. My joints, they just overstretch, kind of like Gumby. So they don't, if I'm in a pose where flexibility is the the purpose or the intention of the pose, I have to be really careful to approach it with strength in mind. I have to turn on certain muscle groups in order to keep that joint stable before I can stretch. And so this kind of brings me to this question. People with disabilities, mm -hmm. right? People who have certain things that they, they want to practice yoga, but they have certain disabilities. Do Is that even possible? Is that a thing? Could they I, still do yoga? I would love to make that a thing. Absolutely, they can still do yoga. Um, I teach chair classes in, in community churches a lot. Chair classes, chair like so classes. people in wheelchairs. Uh, wheelchairs it, it's, is who it's designed for, but it's also a lot of seniors or people who can't stand for long periods of time or people who can't get down on the floor. Um, you just bring out a set of chairs and you sit in the chair for usually 30 minutes because you're moving, but it's just a more assisted way to access the poses of heart openers, of shoulder openers, of leg strengtheners. You can do it all from from your seat. You just some of us need an elevated seat, and <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, it's it's definitely possible. It's not that part of the commercialism of it has not been developed yet. And I have a lot of friends with certain disorders and certain things where I just go to their house and create a little regimen for them, for their bodies, for what they need. And wow. definitely accessible. Wow. Definitely well, needs more. That's amazing, more Amanda. Rice. That's amazing, Amanda. Um, you know, let's let let's let the people know a little bit more on where they can find you at. So you teach us so many locations. I don't know how many you <laughs> teach at right now. Um, kind of let the people know right now where they can find you at and how can people get in contact with you? Uh, well, that's awesome. Uh, currently, Lifetime Gym in Commerce, if you'd like to come see me, you can reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is at A-Y-V-O-N-N-E, yoga. Um, reach out to me on Instagram. Message me on Facebook, Amanda Lemming, L-E-M-M-I-N-G. Or you can email me at Amanda Lemming, first and last, 226 at Gmail. Uh, my website will be going live hopefully next week. I've been working Ooh. on that for far too long getting all my content <laughs> over the years you know transferred over and a lot of it's handwritten notes and just stories and so yeah once that goes live i i will definitely be sharing but 
Well, everybody, thank you just so much for listening. Amanda, thank you so much for visiting. Thanks for Help. having me. Of course. Like, it, it's, it's what I am doing with this I Am series, everybody, is having you speak to people who you might not normally speak to. One thing about Michigan, which is very interesting, and anybody and anywhere in life, is sometimes we can walk past so many people and not know how they can benefit our lives not know what they've done, what they can do, and what can really help them succeed, excel, and you can learn from anybody. You can learn from someone who is a yoga instructor. Uh, you can learn from someone who is a farmer, someone who is a plumber, anybody. They could have pieces of advice that can make you better in some sort of way. So hopefully you've learned something that you can kind of take away from this that you can say, wow, that will make me better. Amanda, again, thank you so much for explaining so much about this yoga. Y'all, I have, I don't know what type, I feel like there's a yoga position. Am I still doing like some type of yoga Jan position? Sheer Sasana, yeah, before the fold. That sounds yeah. like a very good cereal. Or, um, <laughs> <laughs> just about to have me some Jan Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm still trying to do this yoga pose, guys. I almost broke my back. I almost leaned over and I'm glad I didn't fall on you all. Um, <laughs> That's but, okay. I got a time massage wing. <laughs> Well, Amanda, any last words? Um, you said something as you were closing um, about different perspectives. And there's a word that I really, really love to talk about in class, sonder. And it's knowing that each individual set of eyes, each life, has a completely unique, unique and perspective and life path where they've come from. And they have so much to share, so much to offer. And pass by that person on the street and just wonder what a complex life they must have lived <laughs> just because they're meeting you on the street and mm -hmm. we're all connected and cool. so cool to be here and with that everyone keep being a better you every day <laughs>